Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Sick Podcast Talking Titans. If you're a gambling man or woman, some might call DeAndre Hopkins coming to the Titans a home run. We're going to tell you why. We're going to talk about a bunch more on this week's episode. Sammy, start me up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans. He is the baddest man in the NFL. And he just took her to the house. The sickest Tennessee Titans podcast. Sick! It's going to be sick. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another edition of the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. I'm joined always uh, by Mr. Lombard. Uh, Jared is taking the week off. Uh, he'll be back next week, and we can't wait to have him back. But me and Vin are going to hold down the fort. How are you doing tonight, Vin? Doing better than last week. Uh, you know, I had some uh, family health concerns, as you guys alluded to on the show. I want to thank you guys for the thoughts and prayers, as well as the few people that shot me a DM on Twitter, some people that watch the show, wishing me um, and my family nothing but the best, praying for us. My father's doing much better, so I appreciate the thoughts and prayers. And, um, you know, never take uh, your health for granted or your family's health for granted because could be gone in an instant. So with that being said, though, on a brighter note, let's uh, let's dive right into it, as Sal likes to say, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I'm so happy things worked out for you on your end, and uh, we're happy to have you back, of course. Uh, but let's jump right into it. Like you said, uh, as I mentioned in the opener, we're going to talk about something first that is obviously something that's been a constant topic of discussion uh, along with multiple shows that we've had over the past few months. Um, there is a glaring hole in one specific position that the Tennessee Titans need to fill before the week one uh, opener against the Saints, and that's a wide receiver. And there is one big name that is still flying around the air, and uh, apparently the, the Vegas gods are, are giving us a little bit of a hint of where that location might end up. As you've probably seen, yesterday Vegas has Hopkins coming to Nashville at minus 300, and if you don't know what that means, that essentially means – uh, you have to bet $300 to win $100, which is obviously um, a high-risk, low-reward, meaning you're probably going to win it. So um, what do you make of this, Vin? I mean, we've been baited before with these BS reports. Uh, Vegas is usually pretty smart, but I don't know. What do you think? You know, I'm a, I am a gambling man, um, so those odds would tell you that DeAndre Hopkins is coming here, but um, there's no certain thing in the gambling world, that is for sure. And, um, you know, we alluded to it earlier before the show even started, and I'm not trying to talk bad about this team. I'm really not. Um, I'm not sure he wants to come here. I think we're his backup plan. I think if Buffalo or Kansas City – came in and offered him the money that we were offering, he would be with one of those teams by now. Um, I think he is most – the most money he's getting offered right now are from us and from New England. And he really likes Bill Belichick. I've talked about it before, the video of them two showing each other, you know, love and whatnot for what they do in their respective professions. Um, and – I just don't think he really wants to come here. I think if he really wanted to be here that bad, he would have made his decision up by now. I think he might be waiting for a team to come in last minute, Buffalo or Kansas City maybe, to to sign him. 
Um, but with that being said, I do think we're offering the most money. He gets to play his former team twice a year. He gets to reunite with Mike Vrabel, who was a coordinator um, on the defensive side when he was in Houston. Gets to reunite with Tim Kelly, his offensive coordinator. And it is a very winnable division. Um, there's obviously something that he might not love about this franchise. Uh, that's why he hasn't signed here yet. Maybe it's the quarterback. Maybe it's the fact he doesn't feel like we are a contender through and through. But I hate to sound like I'm bad-mouthing the team. I'm not sure he really wants to be here. I think he's looking at Nashville. And, you know, even though the city is really cool and we gave him, you know, a really cool welcoming party when he got was on our visit here, um, I think he's looking at us almost like a backup plan. So that's how I feel about it. I do think we're going to get him. I think we offer the most money, the easiest path to the playoffs. And, um, you know, that's just how I feel about it. So how do you feel, though? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think you're right. I don't think he wants to come here at all. I mean, I think backup plan would even be putting it kind of nicely. Um, uh, I think we are his best option currently. I think we're offering him definitely a significant amount more than the powerhouses in the AFC are offering him. Uh, so we're pretty much putting his hands behind his own back. Um, and it's pretty simple why you, you, I don't believe he wants to come here. I mean, number one, we are not historically a throwing football team in any way, shape, or form. Um, uh, number two, we've tried to bring in many times before uh, aging NFL superstars. Now, I'm sure DeAndre doesn't view himself as aging, but he's a smart guy. He knows he's no spring chicken anymore. And he can look back in years past, look at guys like Randy Moss, or guys like Andre Johnson, look at guys like Julio Jones that we try to use to bring in to spruce up this offense. And every single time it happens, the same recipe occurs where we don't throw them the ball nearly enough. And what happens, uh, Randy Moss gets released before he can really even take a cup of coffee with us. Then you got um, Andre Johnson that was like, this isn't even worth my time. He leaves in the middle of the season. And Julio Jones, who couldn't stay on the field. And when we finally got him in the playoffs, I think we threw him three times. So, um, you know, you got to be an idiot not to look at our situation and be like, well, why would I want to go there? Uh, besides the overwhelming difference in money, which might be the case. And if that's the case, he's going to come here, even if it is unwillingly. And, um, well, not unwillingly, but unwantingly. And uh, we're going to, you know, make the best of it. But it, from a from a, a football fan perspective, not a Titan fan perspective, it, it, I mean, you couldn't blame the guy for not wanting to come here. Because uh, even though we have a pretty decent shot of making the playoffs through our division, um we're, 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 you know, we got a long way to go. We need to revamp this entire offense. We went from a number one seed to dropping seven straight in a colossal uh, implosion of our playoff picture last year. And anyone can say what they want. Yeah, the ceiling is high, um, but the, the basement's also very low. And that's one of the scary things about this team that we, we tend to forget when we talk. We always want to talk about the positives. You know, uh, Caleb Farley could finally come out and be a starting corner. Uh, you know, you could talk about Kyle Phillips and Chig taking the next step. But the basement is, is that we go right back to our old play style uh, where we're going to try to run the ball 35 times a game and win it in the fourth quarter. And just like we did last year, we can win eight, nine games in the last three minutes of the game. And uh, we could be in a terrible situation. So I can understand DeAndre's thought process. But at the end of the day, like I said, Vegas knows a lot and they don't just make shit up. So I, I'm going to be cautious and 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 be you know quietly excited, but I mean DraftKings would not just throw this out for no reason. Clearly, they know something we don't, 
And hopefully it happens sooner than later so we can actually have some optimism for 2023 and maybe take a, take a crack at things and get in the tournament, which is all we're looking to do. So um, time will tell. But uh, we'll jump right into our next topic. We've been talking about different, different position groups each week. Uh, last week, we dove into the linebacking core when Vin wasn't with us. But now that he's back, we're going to jump into our secondary. Um, and we're talking safeties, corners, all the above, everyone who's in that backfield. Um, and just kind of what we expect and and who we think is going to be a shining star, who we think needs to progress more. Uh, we've got a graphic, and then I'll turn it over to you, Vin. We can start with our uh, – I would say upper echelon of the secondary here. I know there's some guys on this list that you uh, hold very dearly. Take me through it and and tell me what your what your visions are for 2023. I mean, we'll start at the top. Christian Fulton, obviously, pound for pound, our best quarterback. I would have to say on the team, his biggest issue has been availability. I brought it up on previous podcasts, and I'll bring it up again. All the ability in the world but it seems as though he struggles to stay on the field. And I'm telling you right now, if he struggles early on, he's in the last year of his deal. If they know they're not going to resign him because we have such little draft capital going into the 2024 draft. If Christian Fulton is not playing up to par, I can see him um, being a candidate to get traded in the middle of the year, especially if we're struggling a little bit and we know we might not make the playoffs and we know we're not going to sign him long-term. If we can fetch a fourth, fifth-round pick for him, could see him being on the move. Obviously, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I can see it happening. He has all the ability in the world, and when he's on the field, he is a um, premier talent at the position. Obviously, I just said I think he's our, our best corner, um, you know, but – his biggest uh, issue has been availability and your biggest ability is availability. And we know that Vrabel always talks about those soft tish guys. People joke about it. He's had soft tish issues the last few years. He enters the last year of his deal. And I'm not even sure he was participating in minicamp. I think he was still battling with injuries. So yeah, he was very limited. Yeah. Not a, not a great start, but the potential is there. Second round pick, you know, was with that uh, LSU team that won um the national championship. So immensely talented, just needs to stay on the field. And um, if he stays on the field, though, in his contract year, he's going to demand a uh, top dollar next year because um, cornerbacks, when you get a good one, are, are highly coveted. So um, I don't know if you echo my sentiment on one Christian Fulton. Yeah, um, of course. But that's yeah. how I feel about him, to be honest. Yeah, I mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago. I think he might be a casualty, uh, you know, like a payroll casualty coming up next year. Could be a very similar situation with uh, Dory Jackson where we saw the talent, but unfortunately just couldn't stay on the field long enough and and couldn't show the value of the contract he's probably going to ask for no matter how his season goes this year. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how things shape up. If he plays a full 17 games, which I think is highly unlikely, but knock on wood, if he plays even 15 games, uh, you know, and has solid production on his coverages, I, I, I think – you might see him stick around, um, you know, because you don't know how Rand does things. As far as how J-Rob did things, it was always money-oriented money oriented first, you know. Uh, nothing to do with the lineage of the team, whether it was drafted here or not. If the money didn't seem to be the right fit, you were gone. Carthon might see differently, you know. He might value tape a little bit more than dollar signs, and he's if he sees that Fulton is a very good corner when he's healthy, he might – take a leap of faith and keep him around. We'll see how things go. But 
Uh, we see his capability when healthy. Um, would still like to see him evolve a little bit better. There was a few rough spots last year. Could be due to injury. I don't know. Um, but uh, just a little more consistency. But overall, yeah, like you said, easily our best corner on the roster as it stands to now. So uh, give me your thoughts on Mr. Hooker at uh, Strong Safety. Um, I like Amani Hooker. I do. Um, I'm not in love with him. I think he's a solid safety. I think there's uh, safeties that are just as good as him out there. I wasn't actually a huge fan of that extension when we gave it to him, to be honest. Um, I think that is a position that you could find in the draft, you know, like Bayard, who was a third round pick. Um, Hooker is good. I think him and Bayard are, are phenomenal tandem, but he really failed to stay on the field last year. He commands a high, um, you know, a high dollar amount that he makes. And um, I'll tell you one thing, there's not much depth in the safety room outside of Hooker and Bayard. So if he doesn't stay healthy, we saw how atrocious um, that secondary looked at times last year um, when we were picked, picked apart. Um, Bayard is, is, is getting a little older. I love him to death. We'll touch on him next. But he needs Imani Hooker to be there and to be healthy because when he is healthy, um, he's, a, he's a great safety. He, he made a phenomenal play. I'll never forget that interception against Cincinnati um, that turned the tide for us. Obviously, we know how that game ended, but has the ability when he's on the field. But that that contract, I thought, was um, you know a little premature, in my opinion. Um, it was a contract that J-Rob gave him. And Imani Hooker's a guy where I think if he struggles to stay on the field this year um, or his play isn't up to par, he is not a Rand Carthon guy. He's not um, someone that Carthon signed and gave this money to. Can see him being a, um, a cap casualty at the end of the year, should he fail to stay on the field or should his play um, not be up to par. So that's how I feel about him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could totally see him being uh, trade some kind of some sort of trade bait in the middle of the season uh, if he's kind of lackluster. Uh, I think that position we can float without him. Uh, we've done it before with all of his injuries that we've dealt with. Uh, so I would keep an eye on him. Maybe a team takes a chance. I don't know if there's a position of need that we need and we're in the mix in the division, you know, come uh, end of the fall. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, another guy shows lots of flashes. Still need some consistency from him. Uh, but availability is another concern for his. And um, be inter interested to see how Carthon and Vrabel value him when the time comes on what their decision on where his future is going to be and who it's going to be with. So we'll th see how things shape up moving on to free safety. The one and only Kevin Byard. Um, not much to say on my end. I mean, the, 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 the stats speak for themselves. I've always been a big advocate for Kevin Byard. Love him to death. Um, I think I, I, I partially had to do with his uh, breakout season a few years back when I questioned his heart uh, the year prior, but we won't get into that. We'll just talk about the, the good stuff. Um, yeah, 31 Savage, one of the best to do it in Titan Blue. What do you think? Uh, and then you took credit for his uh, two interceptions against Dallas after you called him yeah. out after our argument. A meaningless, absolutely meaningless game. Yes, you're right. I did. Yeah. All right. The um, the tape speaks for itself. Kevin Byard is a top three safety in this league. You can argue that he is the best safety in this league, and we always argue the best avail ability is availability. And that's something Mr. Byard has given us his whole career in uh, Nashville. I think he's been here, what, I want to say six or seven years. Um, he maybe has missed one or two games, maybe no games. I'm not sure. But he is on the field, 
And what he brings on the field as a player, he brings just as much on the field and in the locker room as a leader, in my opinion. He is a, he's a guy that people listen to when he opens his mouth. He's a, a mature individual, I believe. You never have to worry about any dumb off-field things with him. He leads by example. He busts his ass all off-season. If you um, follow him on social media, all he does is, is work out. And, um, you know, the play speaks for itself. I mean, he's a, he, I believe he's a two- or three-time uh, first-team All-Pro, maybe has a second-team All-Pro in there. Multiple Pro Bowls, led the league in interceptions one year. Um, and in his age, you know, he's getting close to 30, I believe. He doesn't really show any signs of uh, slowing down. So you'll never find a bigger stand on Twitter or on this podcast than me when it comes to Kevin Byard. Um, I'd love to see him retire in two-tone blue. Uh, I would give the same answer if I was him when they asked him about taking a pay cut. Absolutely not. He's earned every dollar, his play on the field, his leadership abilities, what he means to that community, really. He's a Tennessee guy um, through and through. And I'll never forget when they drafted him and in the third round, you know, safety out of Middle Tennessee State. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then they showed his highlights, and he was the all-time leading uh, um, interceptions at his college. And, you know, I said, all right, we'll give this guy a chance. And, um, you know, he's proved to be a phenomenal, phenomenal player for us, one of the best gifts J-Rob has given us, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, aside from me asking him to marry me, there's not much else I could say about him right now. You know, I, yeah. I love Kevin Byard. will always be a fan of his, and, um, you know, I – I hope he's here for not only this year, but but years to come as well. Yeah. Listen, availability has always been a major concern on both sides of football, this organization. And I do give the guy a ton of credit. I mean, he's played and he's played a lot and he's been impactful a lot. So um, as things stands now, I, I definitely think he's much more he's much too important at this point now where we are in this offseason uh, that my previous thoughts of maybe uh, using him as bait for for something in return. That's out the window at this point because you look at the secondary and you look at the availability concerns, and uh, you need that guy there in the middle to 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 help us out when when the guys around him aren't as elite as he is. So definitely need Kevin Byard and hope he has another great year like he did two years ago. Um, so moving on, this guy everyone claims is like the second coming of uh, Deion Sanders. Um, had a hell of a Super Bowl run with uh, Tampa Bay. I think he had three interceptions in that in that playoff run with Brady. So you know uh, he's a winner. He's a championship winner. Um, decent stats. Nothing that throws me you know blows me away. But uh, this is a guy that's going to have to produce at a very high level uh, because he is a pivotal part of this secondary, whether he wants to be or not. Um, what do you think about Sean Murphy bunting in this offense and this defense in 23? Um, I like Sean Murphy bunting. I think it was a, a low risk, high reward signing. I believe we only signed him for a, a one year deal and he is going to be a veteran in a group of young individuals. Um, you know, we only touched on Fulton and we see McCreary on this list. We have other cornerbacks that we haven't touched on yet that are very young. Um, I think Sean Murphy bunting is an exceptional cornerback. Um, like you said, he is a champion. He brings a winning mentality. He will be a mentor to the young guys. And, hey, it's it's a one-year deal. If it doesn't work out, then, you know, wish him nothing but the best. But if he turns out to uh, be a player and, uh, you know, someone we can keep in the long term, he's still young. 
Um, you know, if we have to move on from one of our other younger guys, like a Christian Fulton, you know, Sean Murphy bunting could be a guy that, you know, we give a long-term deal to after this season, should he um, prove worthy of that? I like the signing low risk, high reward, proven winner. And, um, you know, added depth to a position where I feel like we need it. So no no issue with that signing whatsoever. Um, I was actually very excited out of the three of us, me, you, and uh, Jared, I think I was the most excited um, about that signing. So we'll see how it works out. Um, But I have high hopes for this kid. So, yeah, I mean, he's 26 years old. So uh, yeah, like we spoke about earlier, if Fulton is a guy that we don't hold on to for the money, uh, you know, this is a guy maybe we can get value from, um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he's been in the league, I think, only one year less than Christian Fulton. But, um, you know, we'll have to see how things shape up. This is a great tryout for him and definitely a guy, you know, I wouldn't mind holding on to long term at 26. Um, you know, as far as health's concerned, plays a good majority of the time. You know, he didn't miss a game his rookie sophomore year. Uh, he only played nine games in 21 and 12 games in 22. So a little bit down the stretch these last few years. But again, still very young. A lot of potential, and you can't really put a price tag on a guy in the secondary that's been through the ringer through the playoffs, is a Super Bowl champion, and knows what it takes um, to play to that final whistle to get the trophy that they're looking for. So um, I do like the signing. Like you said, low risk, high reward. Um, we'll see how things shape up. It's a good it's an opportunity for him, uh, and the pressure really shouldn't be there. Uh, I mean, even though I said earlier, uh, you know, we're going to need him to be good, but I don't think he's going to have a lot of pressure on his back. There's some veteran guys going to have around him and hopefully he succeeds. Uh, moving on the last ring here of this uh, quote unquote top end of our secondary. Uh, we got Roger McCreary, a guy who had a really, I'd say a uh, little bit above average rookie year with some highs, also some lows. Uh, could another guy that the rumors might've been dealing with some stuff during the season. Uh, but regardless, someone who's young, a lot of upside, and uh, if he takes the next step this year, um, could really be a nice bow on this secondary and uh, boost them up even a little bit more because I don't think a ton of people are expecting a whole lot out of McCray. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I would. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I wasn't going to cut you off when you were saying it, but I would say that's a very fair assessment of his rookie season. Slightly above average, showed some flashes, um, had some ups, had some downs, had that. Phenomenal high rate, highlight reel um, interception um, where he deflected the ball to somebody. I, he was the one who deflected or the one who caught it? I think he was the one that caught it, but I could be wrong. Okay, yeah. So I think uh, the potential is there. I liked him in college when they showed the tape when we drafted him. Um, great instincts. Um, he's a second-year guy. We're looking for a jump. And um, listen – and we're, 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 this cornerback position is so hit or miss that, you know, I, I pray that he lives up to his potential because he, uh, he has the ability. It's going to be a second year. Hopefully the game slows down for him a little bit, but definitely showed flashes and gives Titans fans a reason to believe that he can be a player for this team for years to come. So high on McCreary as well. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You look at it and this is going to sound kind of like an oxymoron, but, I really think it's true. This these these five guys right here. I mean, you might you could you could easily see the best secondary in the NFL, or this could be a mimic of last year. 
honestly, and they could be an absolute train wreck. I think the spectrum is so large with this with this group of guys right here because you have so many question marks. Obviously, I think Bayard would be the easiest one to say you're going to what, know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, but we've seen great flashes from Hooker. We've seen great flashes from Fulton. Uh, you know, we've heard nothing but good things about Murphy Bunting, and you know, you saw a lot of good things from McCurry last year's rookie year. So, if these guys can figure it out and at least just be a little bit more consistent than they were last year, this could be a slam dunk secondary that is absolutely locked down. And again, you know, you and, and Jared especially are really high on this defense, and I have my my you know uh, reservations, but. With the upside that this group has, it would make a lot of sense why we did become a top five defense. Because when you have a stout pass rush and, and pair that up with a uh, more than capable secondary, you're going to stop a lot of touchdowns from being scored. So um, we got to hope that the latter tilts more to the good side than the bad. But um, overall, I mean, this is a nice, decent young core with the exception of Bayard uh, that if productive – and the money can be figured out. This could be a group that we could see for a little while, and I wouldn't really hate that. So um, we'll have to let this year play out because there's multiple guys on here that are kind of auditioning for their future in Tennessee, and uh, you know we'll take it from there. But um, we'll quickly, quickly go through this list of the uh, right now kind of plug and place guys. There's gonna you're gonna see a lot of these players playing uh, a lot of football on Sundays, but you know they're not really considered the starters as of now. Uh, quickly, we brought this guy's name up over the last few weeks, Farley. I mean, it's kind of a flip of a coin whether he's even going to get time and what he's going to do with that time is even more of a question mark. Um, if you had to guess, where do you see him and do you see him having any production? Uh, I'm not sure he's even on the team uh, after camp is over, to be honest with you. I know we had somebody on here that said that supposedly the staff, the new staff or whoever, new GM – Likes Farley a lot. I don't know what's to like. He sat out the last season in college because of COVID. The year before that, he dealt with a back injury. His first year in the NFL, he tore his ACL. Last year, he was basically on the practice squad. You know, I, I don't know what there is to like about this kid. He hasn't played, you know, uh, competitive, organized football, it seems like, in uh, five years now. So, you know, it's only potential for so long before you're a bust. And I don't know if he should consider a position change. I know he's a long, rangy corner. Fuck it. Let's see if he could play receiver. I don't know. But yeah. I, I, I'm kind of out on him. There's nothing that he's done to make me believe that he is, you know, going to turn out to be anything. It seems like it's another one of John Robinson's wasted first-round picks, um, almost as bad as the uh, lineman we took out of Georgia, Isaiah Wilson. Um, almost, almost as bad as that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure you probably feel the same as I do, but I'm just, until he proves otherwise, there's no reason for us or any Titan fan to think he's going to one, stay on the field. And two, if he does stay on the field, produce at an NFL level, I think he should highly consider changing positions, doing something else. I, I don't know but it seems like cornerback for him in the NFL hasn't worked out. So, yeah, I mean, really you opened up my eyes wider than I thought with that statement. Like he really was only just a little bit better than, uh, than uh, that dude from Georgia's name. I won't mention and It's scary because that pick, I think unanimously was decided by us fans as the worst pick in Titans history. And you're talking about a guy that's only a little bit better than that. It's scary. And it was another, 
awful nightmarish gift that John Robinson left us before his final few uh, or those last couple of years to Titan GM, but we'll see. I don't think the wide receiver thing is a possibility in any way. Um, I mean, I, we don't even know if he has wide receiver type hands because they always say if you're good enough to be a wide receiver, then you'd be a wide receiver. You're yeah. a quarterback. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that shapes up, but you have a good point. He may not even be on the team. And frankly, I wouldn't give a fucking shit if he wasn't on the team come week one. Cause I just want him out of my mind completely. If he's not going to be productive uh, moving on, I got to be honest. I had to look this guy up. I don't even know who the fuck this was. Josh Thompson. I'm assuming uh, that JX means he's from, you know, he was from Jacksonville. Uh, I looked at him. I looked him up. He has six games in the NFL. I think he has a fumble recovery. And uh, other than that, he hands out water. So um, I don't know if you have more info to give on this dude, but I don't think we're going to see much. And if we do, it's probably a problem. So yeah, exactly. um, him and Mike Brown, uh, I don't know much about either player. It seems like those are um, guys we just have as depth because as long as um, Hooker and Byron are healthy, they're going to be on the field probably, you know, 100 percent, 90 to 100 percent of the snaps every week um, if, if they're healthy. And if one of them is not on the field, then um, good luck to Josh Thompson and Mike Brown because I have no idea who they are. That is no disrespect to them. They are professional athletes, NFL caliber athletes. It's just that they are not household names. And if they're on the field, we're probably in some trouble. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So we can forget about uh, Josh Thompson and Mike Brown for now. Hopefully let's not bring their name up unless we have to. Um, and then we can, we can talk about Trey Avery. New Jersey's finest. Shout out Rutgers. No free shout outs. Um, yeah. Was he a seventh round pick or was he undrafted last year? Uh, it's funny. I was just looking. I believe he was undrafted, but I want to confirm that because I'm looking right at it. Uh, yes, undrafted. he was. He was undrafted. Yeah, and he ended up playing some meaningful snaps for us. Um, you know, it, our hand was forced because of the injuries that we had. Um, but made some plays. Obviously, was picked on a lot because he was an undrafted rookie. Um, let up some big plays, but considering he was an undrafted rookie and was thrown into the fire, you know, as a rookie, you know, I, I think I like him as depth. You know, he, he, he's going to play special teams. He's, he's going to be there if you need him, but not somebody you want starting right now. It's not to say he cannot be a starting caliber player on this team or in the league. Um, but as of right now, I still think he's young. He's raw. Showed some flashes last year, but was also picked on a lot. And um, there were some good, some bad. Don't hate him as some to have him as depth, but um, do not want him as um, one of our starting cornerbacks. Yeah, I mean, listen, he had nine pass deflections in, in uh, 14 games last year. He started three of them. Um, I definitely remember some specific times where I said to myself, hey, this dude might have a chance of, you know, sticking around for a bit. Uh, obviously, I love that he's a Jersey boy. Um even though I'm a Seton Hall guy, I got a lot of got a lot of love for Rutgers and the talent they brought this team over the years. Um, but you know, the bottom line is this is a guy where I wouldn't be freaked out if I saw him, but I don't really want to see him because um, he's not proven enough, and we have guys that are proven that should be starting over him. So we'll see how things turn out. Clearly, seems like a guy that's going to make the roster, going to be a rotational corner, um, and hopefully, he, he you know he produces at the level he did last year. Twenty three tackles, probably had a hundred, hundred twenty five snaps. Um, which isn't terrible, and the nine deflections is not that bad at all either. So, not for um, an undrafted free agent, you know, no. props when props are due, but great depth um, to have on your team. But you know, until he proves that he could start, I don't, you know, really want to see him 
on the field as a starter. But yeah. you never know. You never yeah. know. You never know. And moving on finally with a guy who might be the biggest question mark of this whole group here is Elijah Molden. Um, obviously, we didn't see him at all basically last year. Missed almost the whole year. Played two games. Um, only started one. Uh, but, you know, the year prior, his rookie year, saw a lot of promising things. Um, and I know a lot of people are really high on him still based off that rookie year. Um, obviously, personally, I need to see more consistency from him before I'm just going to be like, yeah, that's the guy I want, getting more snaps. Obviously, I think he deserves a chance. Um, but, you know, is this a guy you want to depend on yet? I, you, you just can't because you, you haven't seen enough to depend on him in the big moments. But I hope he gets a chance early on to prove himself, and then maybe he can be the guy that we see back there on the big plays. But what do you think? No, I mean, I, I echo what you said um, entirely. Showed some great flashes his rookie year. Um, you know, had a uh, pick six against uh, the Colts one week where Wentz decided to throw the ball on the goal line with his left hand instead of taking the sack. Um, I liked him a lot in college. I liked the draft pick. Uh, I think he's very, like McCreary, an, an instinctual player. Um, I believe his father was in the league as well, so he was raised by, um, you know, someone that was in the NFL, probably grew up in an NFL locker room. Um, last year, didn't really see him at all, um, so it's tough to, um, you know, give him a fair grade because his rookie year you felt like, for him being, I think he was a fourth-round pick maybe, a fifth-round pick. Um, we saw some some great things from him. Um, his rookie year and last year he wasn't on the field really at all so I'm not going to say this is a make or break year for him but if he can show up and improve upon what we saw his rookie year I think he's going to be a name down the road where we're going to be thankful that we have him if he takes that next step um, but he again he's he's a John Robinson guy not a Carthon guy he's in the third year of a four-year deal so if he does not um, show up and show out this year could be another guy that might not be long for this team. But the abilities there made some great uh, – saw some great things from him his rookie year. Last year, um, like I said, wasn't really on the field. So we'll see what he has this year. He's, he's probably going to get a chance to play a little bit considering that this um, this cornerback room is is young and inexperienced and um, somewhat thin. So we will uh, we'll see what Elijah Moulton has this year. Um, if he can improve upon what he showed us his rookie year, then – Hopefully it's uh, nothing but good things, but I'll uh, I'll see it when I I'll believe it when I see it. So yeah, he's actually a third round pick. So third round pick. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Washington, right? Washington. Yep. Yeah, he was pick one hundred. So uh, towards the end of the third round, yeah. uh, he, he's uh he's a guy. Yeah, he, he, third round pick, man. As bad, you know. Obviously, Jay Rob's no longer here, but definitely a guy you want to see pick it up and and maybe be a perennial starter. Um, and then, you know, maybe there could be some kind of value in his contract since he's been limited on the field, his rookie year deal. So um, we'll see how that shapes up. Like I said earlier, this has potential to be uh, out of this world secondary. Um, it also has the potential to be very similar to what we saw last year, a uh, team that got picked off through the air. And I think that's all going to depend on. I know it's cliche, but injuries, you know, these guys got to stay healthy. Fulton's got to stay on the field. Byard obviously needs to stay healthy, which he's done most of his career. Um, and then these other guys, uh, you know, Molden and and um, uh, Hooker, you know, they got to stay on the field. They're you know they're they're starting caliber players that need to play and take the load off some of the guys that are going to be in there just to to fill the hole. So we'll see how things go. Um, you know, I feel a little bit better about this group than I did about you know forty minutes ago. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, we'll see how it shapes up. But yeah, and let's hope our defensive line makes our secondary's life a lot easier because nothing yeah. makes secondary look good than a than a better than a than a good defensive line. If you can get pressure on that quarterback early and often, and force that quarterback to make errant throws. You know, you can make a mediocre secondary look really good. Not to say the secondary is mediocre. I think the jury's out um, on just about everybody besides Bayard. And, um, you know, if this defensive line could play like we know it can play, it's going to make the secondary's life a whole lot easier. And in a conference where you're dealing with just talent all over the place from our own division with, with Jacksonville and Kansas City and then San Diego, sorry, the Chargers, uh, Buffalo, Miami, you know, they have talent all over. Um, and if you want to be able to compete with that, you're going to have to, you know, stop the uh, stop their air attack. So they're going to have their hands full in this conference, but we'll see if they're up for the task. Yeah, I mean, the, the defensive line was, I'd say, better than average last year. We got picked apart in the air. So um, you got to hope that uh, both, both uh, groups improve. You know, you got to hope the defensive line and the pressure gets elevated and then, uh, again, health was a concern with the secondary. So hopefully with a healthy secondary, all the guys we're depending on are on the field. Then those, you know, the stars can align and we can uh, be a real, true, solid top five defense, um, top to bottom. So uh, that remains to be seen. And again, it's all going to depend on health. So we wish the best for that. Absolutely. Now, um, I'm going to take over Jared's segment for the second time in three weeks. And um, I don't want to steal the segment from him, but. I am going to hold it down for him while he's gone. We're going to do some think fast. I'm going to ask the questions, and we're going to see what Sal has to say. So I love these. Yeah, give it to me, Sammy. Think fast. Hmm. Now, because I kind of did this on a whim, and I couldn't think of questions, and I thought that we should do this you know, right before the show started, um, I'm going to ask you the same exact questions I asked Jared to see what your opinions are on the same topic. So let's go right into it. Favorite football season beer? Uh, Allagash White. Allagash White. Wow. Yeah. I haven't had that in a while. You That's my favorite been- beer. Any any season, any time, that's my go-to. But I love it for football. Love it. Wow. Wow. Classy. I wasn't expecting that from you. So good yeah. answer, though. Um, favorite Not Bud Light, that's for sure. Oh. No. No. Come on. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know what? This is this is our fucking show. We'll say what the fuck yeah, we want. That is true. If you want to sit on a Bud Light, that's up to you. Anyways, favorite movie. Yeah, this is just so tough, man. It really is because I'm a movie buff, and I and I don't want to be cliche. Be cliche. It's our show, like you said. I know, but it's just like I'm gonna have to go based off just a movie that I've watched the most times. And it's gonna. It, it has to be Goodfellas. It just has to be. I've watched that movie. I can't. I couldn't even begin to count if I wanted to. So that's just. No. I wish it wasn't that honestly, because there's just so many fucking wannabe fucking Guidos that just say Goodfellas to be fucking, you know, as yeah. wapish as they can, and that's not what I want to do. But it's just. It's the truth. No, I, I think um, if you asked a lot of people what they thought the best movie of all time is, you know, you would get a vast majority of people that would say Goodfellas. I have no complaint with that answer. It's up there for me as well. So, you know, it might be the easy answer, but sometimes the easy answer is the right answer. So yep. question number three, dream vacation spot. 
Oh, Disney World always has been. I don't care how old I am. I don't care what it is. That's where I've been going since I was young. It's not a kiddie place. You know, obviously kids enjoy it there too, but there's so much to do there. You can't even, you could spend three weeks there. And, and, uh, I, and listen, I will say without indulging too much information. Okay. It's not the place that I remember when I was five, six years old. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. It's a much different Disney world than it was back in 2002, 2003. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to indulge anyone else in the matter, but, um, as far as like things to do, attractions, stuff like that, it's just the best. And the attention to detail they provide on all of their stuff, rides, restaurants, everything under the sun, it's just unbelievable. And I don't mind what people think. It's the truth. Hey, fair enough. Wouldn't be my answer, but to each his own. You know, you do you, Sal. We know you will. Um, favorite Sopranos character? Oh, man. Uh, I mean... I should plead the fifth because th th these two guys are are just both so close. But I will go with the the our deceased uh, hero because of uh, how disappointed I've been with the with the other member that is my favorite and some of his uh, recent politics. Conflict. Yes. Um, so let's go with Mr. Gandolfini. I can't go wrong with that complicated no. character, but you tuned in every week to see what Tony is going to do. You know, greatest show of all time. Not, not I, even I'm easiest not even, question I, on earth. I'm not even kidding. I just got goosebumps on my leg yeah. talking about him. I mean, he is, you know, especially for, you know, Italian kids from Jersey. I mean, we grew up on him, you know, not to say he was an influence, but I mean, you know, just endless memories watching that show, you know, with my father as a kid, you know, yeah. we didn't watch cartoons, we watched The Sopranos. So Yeah, and, and it uh, goes even deeper for me because I can vividly, vividly remember for the span of seven years, just always seeing huge production setups all over where I lived, yeah. you know? Like, I mean, really, the scene where Chris is getting made and they're in Totoa. And they're in front of that shopping mall. I mean, I've I've been to that shopping mall literally hundreds of times in that parking lot. Have you been and to the house yet, Tony's house? I've been well. I, I've I've been in front of it okay. a dozen times. Yeah. I've never been inside. But yeah, 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 that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I I'm meant. I'm from West Caldwell. That house in North Caldwell. I could West I could Caldwell. West Caldwell. West Caldwell. <laughs> yeah, I, I could walk to his house for mine. It'd be awesome. it'd take me an hour, but I could walk there if I wanted. Yeah. Um, so it just it means even more to me because even though I can only watch it up until the first nude scene when I was a kid, which is about ten minutes, yeah. Um, I I literally grew up with that show, and it, yeah. it's like it was all around me, and it, it's just now yeah, it's nostalgic. I mean, it's it's part of our culture. It, it will be forever. I rewatch it on a loop. I have seen the whole series, no exaggeration, at least fifty times, yeah. maybe more. I mean, I love it. Um, nothing is there by mistake. It is a perfect show. You feel as though every character, that's who they are. You feel like nobody's acting, and that's what makes it so great. Besides the dream episodes. Other than that, it's perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, even if you rewatch them, you try to think deep about it. A lot of those dreams, like, have meanings. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I have no complaint with any aspect of that show, you know, even the ending. But we could talk about that. At another yeah, that, that could, we could do our own podcast on that. And we see, are you listening? And that, we that just, might be happening. <laughs> and we just might. Who knows? Yeah. We don't know where this is going to lead it. Lead right. it. Um, but, you know, great answer as well. Um, you know, can't go wrong with um, with Gandolfini. You know, phenomenal, phenomenal role he played. Um, R.I.P. Gandolfini. Mm. Um, last question. Start. Bench cut. Mm. 
Pancakes, waffles, French toast. Uh, start bench cut. Uh, French toast. We're gonna we're gonna cut French toast. We're gonna s- start pancakes. And what was the third option? Waffles. But what was the, it? Was start bench cut? Yeah, we're gonna bench waffles. Cut. We're gonna bench waffles. We're okay. gonna bench waffles. I that that that's my gut. I'm stick with it. I think that was my um my exact answer as well. To me, can't go wrong with pancakes. It's hard. It's really hard to fuck up a pancake. Yeah. You know, um, waffles. I'm just not into. To me, they're just crusty pancakes in a different shape. Um, and then French toast. You know, hit or miss, but they can sit on the bench. Um, in a pinch. Um, you know, I don't mind some French toast, but my go-to is is pancakes. You know, waffles I could do without. We're cutting them. Bring your iPad. Coach wants to see you. And then um, French toast is, is hit or miss, but yeah, good answer. Good answer. Well, Burger, Burger King, McDonald's, they're, they have excellent French toast. I don't know what they do to it, but McDonald's pancakes till this day. I think I dealt with an addiction between the ages of seventeen and twenty-five, where I got McDonald's pancakes for breakfast on the way to Rowan four to five days a week. I'm not kidding. No, I. No, they're, they're- Hotcakes, yeah. actually. That, that, yeah. that is what they call them in the, in the world of the M. Yeah, for now. Um, can't go wrong. With, but, uh, yeah, that, that's it for the Think Fast. Appreciate I loved it. it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Holding it down for Jared. He'll be back uh, hopefully next week. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll have a new wide receiver on our team next time we talk. I have to think uh, that he signs hopefully in the next 10 to 12 days because training camps – most of them start, you know, the 20th, the 22nd, the 25th. And although he might not be a full participant in the physical activity uh, because of his age and whatnot, I still think he needs to be in a camp when it starts to learn the playbook, get acclimated with, you know, his team, his coach, the facility. So hopefully his decision comes sooner rather than later. And um, I've talked myself into it that we are getting him. So. Listen, uh, you know, some somebody on Twitter, like always, he's going to be signed tomorrow. My source, whatever, man. Listen, DraftKings said it's minus 300. That's what I'm putting my head on at night. And, uh, I mean, he, he's, he could do whatever the fuck he wants. So I don't understand what the big deal is. Like, he could sign tomorrow and still not go to training camp for a week. And nobody would give a shit. He's DeAndre fucking Hopkins. So... Um, I hope he's really not holding out because he just doesn't want to play in trading camp. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He's going to be the king of that town the second he steps foot in it. Well, the, the prince. We already have a king. But, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Each week, we're like, hopefully next week, hopefully next week. You know, it's the middle of July now. Let's get the fuck on, Nuke. Get here, and let's uh, try to win this division. So yeah. uh, appreciate everyone joining us. Had a nice, lengthy show here. We'll make sure to get Jared back in next week. We do miss him, and we hope all of the best going on his end. I'm sure we'll get him back. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Hope everyone had a great time, and hope you have a good night. Hope you have a good day. Hope you have a good week. And uh, as always, tighten up. Sammy, send me out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Talking Titans, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.